BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. It is a football Friday. Yeah, we're going to talk football, and it is Friday, but it is not leading into an Eagle game. It is coming out of an Eagle victory, as they were victorious at Lincoln Financial Field last night in another imperfect win. They've had two wins. Both have been imperfect, but most important part of that is the win. The Eagles get out to 2-0 and after taking out the Vikings last night. Down at the link where John McMullen spent how many hours? What time you get there? What time you leave? Ooh, uh, traffic was bad all over. There was a big accident on 95. Now, I don't have to go that way, but a lot of guys who do were complaining about that. It took them like an extra hour or so to get Ooh. down there. Then from the Jersey side, boy, that 42, it, man, they got to get that done. They got to get that done. It's backed all the way up. Uh, I, I, it took. Typically, it's a 25-minute drive in, then you get some stadium traffic. Right. From from 42 in South Jersey, and we're both South Jersey guys, and we have many listeners all over the country, and I'll get to this quick because they're bored. But it typically 25 turned into an hour, five. I mean, and this is no accident. This is just the construction. 
They gotta, they gotta, they gotta wrap that up, Jody. Uh, yeah, Ugly. I, I didn't ask you about your traffic. I asked you how many hours you spent at the stadium. So, so track uh, traffic to get there. Once you got there, and whatever time you pulled it, you you jumped into your car after in the post midnight hours. Uh, were you actually at the stadium yesterday? Probably eleven ish. Oh, man, that's a long day. Eleven ish plus. They were kicking us out. That's another thing. They're they, they're closing the stadium, which they've none never done before. And they gave us they gave us a number to call if we accidentally got locked in. <laughs> desperately trying to get us out. Uh, I'm like, if you're desperately trying to get us out, you know, stop these damn night games, or at least start them a, yeah, an hour or so earlier. Call Roger right. Goodell on that one. Uh, don't don't yeah. blame us. That's funny. Well, I'm glad uh, at least hell of a lot easier doing that kind of time after an Eagles victory rather than an Eagle loss, which it could have been last night. They, as I yeah, said, I imperfect that, game. <laughs> Johnny Mack, they recover so. an onside kick with uh, 27 seconds to go. I'm sorry. Any game where you got an onside kick in the last minute that's less than a one-score game, is essentially hanging in the balance. And and I can repeat the phrase I just used, they could have lost. I didn't well, say they should have lost, they but they would have lost. lost. All I'm saying is they could have lost. You're down 21 points with uh, two minutes to go. No, you had no chance to lose the game. Last night, that was the case. Of course, they could have lost, and that's most NFL games. You never got the feeling it was very much like week one. I mean, they were... Yeah, I mean, it's certainly imperfect, but I never got the feeling that Minnesota was going to win that game. And you're right if you get an onside kick, but you're an odds guy. What's the odds of getting an onside kick since they changed all the yeah, rules? Yeah, less, less than 10%. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, of course, Devontae Smith could have bumbled the ball, but he's Devontae Smith. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they're two and a half. I can't believe some of the panic I heard around both in the building and outside the building. It's hard to win these games. They're two and zero. They're they're winning in an imperfect fashion. The thing that impressed well, number one, the offensive line. It is just unbelievable. I cannot believe for the life of me. Well, we always say this is a copycat league. Nobody copies the way the Eagles built. They're all worried about the. Now you got to worry about the quarterback. I'm putting the quarterback aside. Obviously, you have to have a good quarterback. But as far as anything else, offensive line, defensive line, it's not sexy, and nobody's going to get excited about it. But that's how you win football games, and that's how you don't turn into Minnesota's got all the skill position people. And you look at the numbers. If you're a box score guy, and you say, "Oh my God, Kirk Cousins throws for three hundred and." Uh, I got 364 yards with four touchdowns. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Who gives a crap? Justin Jefferson, two consecutive weeks, over 150 yards. And that guy's phenomenal. Who cares? You can't block anybody. You're you're going to make some big plays because you have that. And, and, and that's the nature of the modern NFL. Uh, because they make it so easy for the offenses, or at least easier. Um, it doesn't matter. If you don't have the foundation, none of the furniture, none of the nice things, none of the accoutrements matter. And uh, I'm not going to say nobody does it, but very few 
follow it, 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 the, the simple process of I got to I got to make sure this is set before I think about the other stuff. And that's the advantage the Eagles have. And I go back to two points in the game, Jody. Here, here's, you know, the Vikings had one lead. They took a 7-3 lead on a TJ Hawkinson uh, uh, touchdown catch. Um, and the Eagles answered with that 16-play, 75-yard drive, where they ran it 13 times. 13 times. I remember talking to Shane Steichen about this. It was a Green Bay game. Same thing happened with Green Bay. Um, they ran inside zone, inside zone, inside zone, inside zone. Kelsey was talking about it. It's got to be boring for the play caller. Inside zone, inside zone. They're not stopping it. Shane would say, F it. I'm yeah. going to doing it. That's what they did yesterday. They, they got the light boxes. They're not moving out of the light box. DeAndre Swift, everybody's going to give him his flowers, rightfully so. He was phenomenal. Um, I'm going to take some credit for that because I was ripping the running back room all week, and all of a sudden he has a career game, um, jokingly. But these holes, Jody, and you could see it at the game, I mean, they're massive. They're massive. And Boston Scott averaged eight yards a carry before he had a concussion. Um, they, they were just plowing people off the ball so they answer there and then late in the game as you mentioned they're up 27-7 the game you think the game's over it was essentially over but Minnesota you know makes a couple plays they have a long touchdown to to Addison um and they had another touchdown with a blown coverage KJ Osborne wide open and you say "Ooh, it's 27-21 and then they answer again Eight plays, 75 yards. So for all the talk about, oh, they're not passing the ball, they're not doing this, blah, 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 they answer. They answer. Now, you can't play like this against better teams. Uh, We'll see when they hit a better team. I thought it was going to be the Jets. Um, It it still might be the Jets. It still might be. I know. I don't want the offense, and the Jets have arguably the best defense. I don't want to get you rolled up, but it's not going to be as difficult as it would have been with Aaron Rodgers. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know. Well, you were talking about the offense. So that's why I'm specifically comparing the Eagles' offense, run it down your throats to the Jets' defense. It still could be a uh, difficult match. Well, that's not the point. They're against Minnesota's showing all the light boxes. They said, all right, we're going to run it down their throats. They can do the other stuff as well. They can use A.J. Brown. A.J. was upset not getting the football. That's going to be a story. Um, Devontae Smith, and actually he he had a couple big receptions yesterday. They haven't gotten Dallas Goddard going. I get all this. At some point, they'll get the passing game going. That's what I'm trying to say. They can that, That's the difficulty in handling the Eagles. They can toggle back and forth. All right. You know, they had a nice bliss package early. They, they had the Eagles sort of on their heels offensively. Let's just run it. You know, maybe maybe next week against Tampa Bay, it's something different. Let's just throw it. Um, it's a nice stick and luxury to have. And we're at 19 out of 20, Jody. 19 out of 20 when Jalen Hurts is on the field, the Eagles win the game in the regular season. That's a pretty big stinking sample size. 19 and 1. 
19 and one and the sky is falling. That's a nice winning a percentage. Nine, 95% winning percent. That's pretty damn good. If you ask me. Um, yeah, they, it, it was reminiscent of two years ago when the Eagles struggled out of the gate, Sirianni's first year, the offense isn't clicking. And he said, we need to make two changes. Number one, yeah, I'm going to hand this off to Shane, see how that goes for a while. Number two, we're going to just have to lie, rely on what we do real well. We got a really good blocking offensive line up front. Let's try and run the ball down the other team's throats. And they did just that and turned their season around and ended up uh, making the playoffs. When in doubt, go with the big guys up front, run it down the other team's throat. They did it uh, in 2020. They did it again last night. Uh, it is really something that's very advantageous to have in your back pocket. When in doubt, if you're passing games, having struggles, issues, whatever else, yeah, well, all right, fine. Let's just go back to pounding it right up the middle, and that's exactly what they did. And you're right, Swift had holes that he could go through. Now he ran through some tackles, and he made some really smart moves and cuts and the like. I don't know if you can even say that he Wally pipped uh, the Eagles' RB1 from week one. Uh, I think he better be the RB1 next week off that kind of a game. He's earned it uh, for one week. We'll see from there. He's definitely earned it for one week. He's definitely got more explosion than the other backs. So that part of it is, um, you know, but you start talking about he had, I think, 28 carries. That's rare for the Eagles. Uh, You know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work for a running back in today's game. Uh, and he's not typically known as the Derrick Henry type who's, you know, going to carry it that many times. I think it was, you know, I, again, he had a great game, but I, I don't I don't think you're going to see that consistently moving forward. You're going to have better defenses. You bring up the Jets. Uh, Tampa Bay is much better. Um, you're going to have better defenses. It's going to be, you have, you have, you're going to have to go about things a different way, and they're going to have to get, AJ going and Dallas going and um Devontae's already going, but um yeah, they're gonna have to get I'm not saying they're not gonna need that stuff because they most definitely are, but I think it's impressive that they always answer. Like I said, technically, yes, technically they had a chance to lose that game. And they answer. They always answer. Not always, they didn't answer in the Super Bowl, but um, they didn't have a chance to answer because there's and, no time and, left and, on the clock. And the and the regular season again, nineteen out of twenty with Jalen Hurts on the field. They answer a lot. Yes, I'll say that they surely do. Uh, and the other thing that I come out of the game last night slightly concerned is they get nicked up. More injuries last night. Yeah. No one should be surprised that Avante Maddox goes down because Avante Maddox always goes down, but so does Quez Watkins. They came into the game banged up. And, you know, a little tip of the hat to Nick Morrow. I thought he played well last night. None of us the knew green dot, sure. too. <laughs> None of us knew for sure how much he was going to play. He played a ton. Christian Ellis almost didn't see the field. And, oh, by the way, Morrow made plays, including... A great coverage on Jefferson on a play across the middle, running stride for stride with Jefferson knocking the ball out. Kudos to him coming off the street, uh, gets cut, can't find a job, got to come back to the practice squad, jumps in last night, plays real well. But 
the fact that the Eagles have lost several players now, now nothing long-term other than the Kobe for four weeks with his injury. We don't know how long these guys are going to be out. They were dipping pretty good into their bench, showing a little depth last night, Johnny Mac. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't like it long-term. Uh, luckily, as you mentioned, I mean, Boston got a concussion. James didn't play. James Bradbury, he'll be back for Tampa. Very confident in that. So, as you mentioned, the only one long-term you're concerned about is Avante. We don't know. We'll see. He has a history. He plays very physical. He's a very small guy. I think that's part of the problem. He throws himself around. Um, but you know, that's part of what's, what makes him a good player. So it's catch 22. And anytime you talk about a speed guy and a hamstring, and that's what Quez Watkins is, that could be an issue. Uh, yeah, they got lucky with injuries last year and the luck is turning a little bit, at least early in the season. Um, yeah, I I mean, look, they all played, they all held up relatively well under the circumstance and by that, not just Morrow, Terrell Edmonds made a big play. He made the play on Jefferson, that the touchback that was real impact on the game. Um, uh, Josh Job, he got beat a couple times, but he held up pretty well, um, especially considering the receivers on the other side. But yeah, you don't want to see those guys long term. Um, especially against the better teams on the schedule when they get to the schedule. Uh, so health is going to be a big part of it. And how healthy can they be? Um, you can't predict it. And that's why yeah. you have to have some faith in your bench. You have to have guys that, yeah, you don't want them coming in in week two and having to play till week 14, but you got to hold down a fort for a couple of weeks that you want guys who can do that. And last night, uh, the guys coming off the bench, I think, did a pretty good job. I give them, give them their credit for that because the much like last year, and you tell me all the time the Eagles hate when you use the word luck. Last year, they were lucky. They didn't get hurt. This year, they're having a little bad luck. They are getting hurt. You can't, you can't handicap and or project that. We make our predictions every single week here on the show. We try and get it as close as possible. It's educated guessing. That's all that there is. There's a little luck involved with that. Well, it's luck involved with injuries as well. And last year, the luck went the Eagles' way. So far this year, the luck has gone against the Eagles. Yeah. And guess Speaking what? Speaking of, uh, you know, uh, before the game, there were two key players for Minnesota we were keeping an eye on, Christian Darasaw and Marcus Davenport. And they were both active. And we said, oh, all right. You know, maybe maybe this is going to be a little bit more difficult. And between the 90 minutes, between you have to announce your inactives, Darisol tweaked his ankle, didn't play at all. Davenport tried to go. He played four plays and had to tap out. Even in that instance, you never know. Um, so, yeah, I mean – it's really hard to to gauge uh, who's going to be um, 100%. But the guys who had to fill in, I thought, did yeoman work, I will say. I don't – they weren't spectacular, but I, I think they were they were fine for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Josh Sweat made the one great play that caused Josh the fumble. Josh Sweat was unbelievable in that game. He's a beast, and uh, I think he does get a little underrated because uh, it just seems like somebody jumps up and joins. That's a year. Speaking of injuries, this year. Jody, 
I never saw somebody get carted off from getting destroyed on one rep. Josh Sweat. I I feel bad for the kid. Oli Udo is the name of the Vikings backup left tackle. Got carted off with a significant knee injury is what they described it as. He just got destroyed on the rep and fell backwards awkwardly. It's Josh Sweat is – I just saw somebody complaining about the Eagles' pass rush late. Were you not watching Josh Sweat? Josh Sweat was destroying that team he had five quarterback hits but not, he had one sack so that's what they look right. at by the way it was a strip it was the strip sack they gave him the ball at the seven yard line right gift touchdown yeah uh yeah he was unbelievable he unbelievable. was and uh oh by the way you can harken back to the qb show kirk cousins got killed last night and you got to give it to him. He hangs in there. He takes the hit. He delivers the football. Another primetime loss, and we'll we'll certainly uh, harp that. But you, I got to give the guy some props because that Minnesota line is not good, and the Eagle defense got yeah. after him. Could have used an extra sack people. or two, but he was on the ground after almost every ball he threw. I tried he, to tell I, people, but that's what I'm talking about, the primetime prime time stuff. So – all Eagles fans who say that, and everybody says it, it's not just Eagles fans. Are you going to blame that loss on Kirk Cousins? Yeah, you can't. I mean, I, I, you know, that kind of stuff just drives me nuts. I mean, the prime time. Oh, he can't win prime time. Man. Like everybody else sucked. He's trying to lift like, that team. Well, He's trying. I used last night's example. The Jalen Hurts get, you just told me. Jalen Hurts is 19 of 20 in games he starts. Jalen Hurts, the reason the Eagles won that game last night? No. It cuts no. both ways. Sometimes it does cut a quarterback takes grief in a game where he plays well. Sometimes a quarterback will get credit when he doesn't play well. Yeah, you got to take it game by game and break it down if you want to have the truest evaluation. Oftentimes it just gets lumped in as W's and L's for quarterbacks. Oh, it always does. And that's why I say wins and losses aren't a quarterback stack. And I, I know that I just used them. The Eagles are, are part – but what I talk about, because there's a lot of criticism of Jalen this morning because of the numbers and he's not getting the passing game going, or at least I've seen pretty significant criticism in certain places, not all places. And uh, to me, I always say, and I go back to Indianapolis last year, Houston last year, the Eagles had some um, Arizona last year. The Eagles had some uneven performances let's call that that way offensively but he always makes a play always may i talked about it after new england the relentlessness that you think he got him pinned in you think he got and all of a sudden he converts uh a, a first down out of nowhere and you get these long drives um that to me is where jalen hurts even you know kind of elevates even when he's not playing well i compare it to the i always compare it to the old school starting pitcher in baseball you know find a way to grind through without your best stuff that's what he does um but yeah cousins only i only bring it up because it's such a a, a narrative and it's such a dumb narrative because like i said what is he a vampire what he can play when the light is out but he can't play when the i i it, it and and then you, you know again you pick up the box score 364 yards, four touchdowns, 125 passer rating. He's got no offensive line. 
And you, and people are going to blame that loss on Kirk Cousins. He's yeah. got no offensive. And by the way, they turned the play. Now he he t- turned it over once, and that's a fair criticism because that guy's thirty five years old. He should know when the pass rush is coming, take care of the football. But the pass rush is always coming. Uh, but they turned it over so many times. Alexander Madison, oh, awful, awful. Yeah. Uh, but they they could cut their uh, Pro Bowl running back because uh, they're turning it around. Yeah, right. Uh, the Vikings have gone back precipitously from where they were last year. So Eagles get a win against what I think by the end of the year will be a lesser squad. Not an awe-inspiring win, but they did some really good things. We're breaking it down for you here on Birds 365. Mac and Mac, we are getting one of our faves up next from 33rdteam.com and does his great stat pack for jacobsports.com. Our buddy Paul Dumwich up next on Birds 365. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. 
You got John McMullen, Jody McDonald, a.k.a. Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. And we've got Paul Hawaiian Shirt Domovich here with us. Uh, Domovich, good to see you. Love the shirt. Here's where I want to go with you first, Mr. 3013. 33rd team is often the team of officials on the field. And last night's officials to me, and they had a guy in the booth who was just confirming everything, which I didn't quite understand. Minimum of four pass interference penalties that they missed. And I I think that they're a little quick to throw the flag, but you get to a level, you watch enough football, you get to a level, you believe you know it is a pass interference penalty. There were a whole bunch of them on both sides last night. I couldn't believe that they didn't call because it looks like what I think of as a pass interference. And the the analyst that they had, the ex-referee was saying, oh no, if it's simultaneous, it's close enough. If it's the ball coming together, that that's a good non-call, and I'm going really okay. If you say so, are we to read into this that they're going to give D-backs a little bit more uh, leg room here this uh, year? That you're going to be able to get there slightly ahead of the ball and be able to like pull a guy's arm down like they did to AJ Brown last night? Well, so far they seem to be. Uh, you know, on some of those calls yesterday, I gotta agree. I think the analyst pointed out at one point that. You know, you can watch them in slow motion and you say, well, it's an obvious pass interference. You know, he, he, uh, he grabbed his arm before, like on the, on the AJ, deep ball to A.J. Brown. It was pretty clear that he knocked his arm down before he ever had a chance to uh, touch the ball. And then, you, watch, you know, you watch it in real time and, you know, it's hard. <laughs> if you're an official, it's hard to, to, to make a call there. So I think it appears that, that they've been told to err on the side of let them play this year as opposed to uh, – over officiating is that a good thing i think it is i like good. it i, I mean I, so do i let them go. i mean let those guys battle yeah I, I i think it's a good thing that was pass interference on aj i didn't notice that many i think evans was early on somebody oh, um, and the one down the middle of the field in the fourth quarter he was like there a second and a half ahead of time yeah. it's a blatant pass interference yeah and I, so i noticed too um, oh, Slay had at least two. Oh, uh, well, Slay, they, yeah. They, they let, let they Slay let Slay play, play against Look, Jefferson. Yeah, they did Slay last year. I mean, appearances. They're like, nope, you got to play on. They, they, hey, okay. man, that was part of the success last year. I mean, yeah. for people that thought that was going to continue, that wasn't going to – I mean, Jefferson, whatever. But who cares? Like I said, he had – what do you have? 111 receptions for 159. All right, he's a great receiver. Who cares? They have no offensive line. They can't block anybody. Of course, he's going to make some plays at times. But that's where I want to start with you, Domo. This offensive line, this as as you pointed out, 10th 200-yard rushing performance in the Nick Sirianni era. That's ridiculous in the, in the modern NFL. Um, those holes, I wish people could see it from over top as you – got to see many years in the press box. I mean, I DeAndre Swift, phenomenal game. I know people are going to get on me because I criticize the Eagles running back room as a whole. He had a tremendous game. But, man, these holes, Tomo. Let's put it this way. If DeAndre Swift was running behind the Vikings offensive line, he would not have had a great game. They, you got to talk about the offensive line first, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the thing about last night's performance 
as opposed to the other nine 200 plus uh, yard rushing performances since Nick took over is the quarterback wasn't really a factor in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as the run game. I mean, in the first two games, teams have teams have found a way to shut him down as a runner, uh, but it didn't matter. I mean, that offensive line just completely dominated and, and, and pushed the Vikings, you know, back. And I mean, it was just, <laughs> you know, I, I watched some of the post game show with Ron Jaworski on, uh, on uh, uh, the other channel. And I mean, <laughs> old time guys like uh, Jaworski who, who, who still crave the run were like, I mean, he was, he was drooling. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, I, I that was I said that was the best drive in Philadelphia history. They they <laughs> won 16 plays, 13 runs, and Kelsey was talking about it after the game. It was like it was all inside zone. It was all the same yeah. thing. Inside zone, inside zone, inside zone, inside. And he said it's got to be boring for the play caller. But you know, to his credit, people are criticizing Brian Johnson. Why would you stop? And he didn't right. stop. Yeah. It, it it was the most Philadelphia drive ever. And it, it, it's, it, you know, I, yeah, I can't say enough about it. one. Our old friend, Jordan Hicks is on Minnesota. At one point, Jordan, Mylana completely pancaked him. Uh, yeah. Kelsey dominant. Cam Jurgens has fit in seamlessly. Um, we were all concerned about that. Now they'll have tougher tests, no doubt about it. Although I think new England was a tough test. I think Tampa Bay is, has a good defense. The Jets, Jody's Jets are coming up. Very good defense. They're going to have some tougher tests. But but I never go into a game, Damo, saying, oh, the other, the other side has an advantage on the Eagles' offensive yeah. line. Literally, never. That, that is a tremendous luxury to have. Yeah. I mean, this team's – this franchise's approach – from going back to uh, when Lurie and Banner took over in the mid nineties was you build through the lines. Uh, you obviously need a good quarterback, uh, but if you've got two strong lines, you've got a chance to, to go places. And, you know, right now they've got the best offensive line in, in, in the league probably. And, you know, watching Josh sweat yesterday, I mean, he looks like a combination of miles Garrett and uh, Khalil Mack. Yeah. Well, he had a tremendous game real quick before yeah. you jump in, Jody. Why don't teams copy the Eagles? Why why don't why do other like I get it from a fan perspective. They always want to see the skill position guys. It's fun to watch Jefferson run around and he's a phenomenal player. Why do other teams they always call it a copycat league? Why yeah. don't they realize you, you you can't I've been talking about it all week. If you can't block people, you can't play offense in this league. Why don't more teams copy what the Eagles do? You know, it's going to be – this is an interesting contrast this year between a team like the Eagles who, you know, very diverse. I mean, if you stop their run and teams will at some point, I mean, they can throw on you uh, as opposed to a team like Miami. I mean, Miami basically has said, you know, we've got the two best wide receivers in the league. We're just going to beat you with their speed on the outside. Try and stop us. And, you know – so far, uh, that hasn't happened in the first game. But it'll be interesting to see if somebody comes up with a formula to take out uh, Hill and uh, Waddle and make them do other things like like teams are making the Eagles do right now. 
And I'll argue with you, John, that other teams try. I'll give you one right in the own division. The Giants try. The Giants <laughs> drafted two uh, tackles in the top in the first round in five years. They spent big on the guy they brought in from New England. You, but then you got to pick the right guy. Just saying, we're going to yeah, give, give me the hog mollies was the yeah. old manager's phrase that he used. Yeah, but then you have to pick the right hog mollies. Yeah. What they do here in Philadelphia is come up with All the right, right let hog me, let me, You're right, because actually Minnesota's got two first-round picks, three second-round picks on their offensive line, and they can't block anybody. So that's a good point. So I'll, I'll tweak it a little bit. Like that, that Jeff Stoutland. Uh, you know the why? There, there's your reason. Now yeah. you can't. Yeah. Obviously, you can't. Je- Jeffrey has made him, if not the highest paid assistant uh, position coach in the league, certainly one of the highest. It, I, in fact, that stuff's not publicized, but I'm pretty confident he's the highest. Um, so you can't steal him away. But right. why aren't? Whether it was Eugene Chung before who has had trouble, or Roy Isman, why aren't people? you know, trying to pilfer away his assistance. I don't know. I just, sometimes I don't understand this league. I think with Stoutland, I mean, I don't know necessarily. It's like what you've learned from him as assistant. I mean, this guy knows how, <laughs> what he, what he did with Jordan Malata is it's, I've said this before. That's going to be on his tombstone. I mean, <laughs> he took a guy, he took a lump of clay and has turned him yeah. into a guy who's a, you know, playing a, a pro bowl caliber player. Who might end up being all pro at some point if he continues to improve? Yeah, yeah. Damo, I want to ask you about. And again, I I confess that I try and take notes when I watch the game, but sometimes you just can't figure stuff. I have to go back and check the uh, snap count thereafter. And I was again surprised to see so few snaps for the Eagles rookies, which they talked up a blue streak and. John would come on and say they would look good and practice during the limited practices that they had during camp. Sheldon Brown, uh, Brown not playing again and Smith not playing again. These they weren't seventh and eighth round picks. This is a first and a third round, a high third round pick at that. And the Eagles are dropping like flies, injuries all over the place, and these guys can't get in the, can't get on the field. Put rookies out there. They played so little last night and. Uh, looked according to those who were there so good in camp. Why do you think so so few snaps for the Eagles defensive rookies? Not named uh, Jalen Carter. Yeah. Well, I think uh, yeah. I, I mean Sidney Brown. Uh, I think played. I don't know. He didn't play at all on defense in week one. I think he played four snaps, five snaps yesterday. I mean, is this is kind of goes back to their approach last year with Nicobe Dean? I think. I mean, they don't want guys out there that are going to make a mistake that's going to give up a big play because, you know, their, their whole emphasis on defense, although you wouldn't know it yesterday because of all the uh, subs they're using and the mistakes that are being made, they don't want to give up the big play. They don't want to give up the big, make the big mistake. And so if they don't have to play rookies, they don't want to. I mean, Carter last week played, uh, I think, 40% of the snaps, 45, which was quite a bit, and had ended up you know dominating. Um, I don't know what he played yesterday, um, snap-wise. Same, in the 40s but, again. Yeah, it's yeah, 40, he, 48, he's, I he's think. One, I mean, he's just you're, – you're not you're not, you're not not hesitating with him. Plus, he plays yeah. on the defensive line. You know, if he can get to the quarterback, all nothing else matters. Whereas linebackers and, and, and DBs 
can make that one mistake that that's going to cost you seven. So um, I think that's their approach. Nick feels he's got, as long as he's got veteran players that he can rely on, that's the direction he'd rather go right now than take a chance on a rookie. All right, Dama, let's go to the offensive side, the passing game part of it. Uh, it's not been impressive. Uh, a little bit disjointed. Um, a lot of criticism already of Brian Johnson. Seth on our post game, so he already wants to take the play calling duties away from the poor guy. I'm like, whoa, come on. It's two games. Um, but hey, there's you know a high expectation level around here. And then you got yeah. AJ's complaining on the sideline, not getting the football. Now, you know, maybe he could have had a touchdown. They had a touchdown called back to AJ. And that was a clear hold from, I think it was Penny. Um, so you can't complain too much about that. But as J- Jody pointed out, you also had the obvious PI that didn't get called. Maybe he would have been happier. AJ have a problem with AJ complaining when they're winning the game. Um, and B... What's wrong with this passing game as a whole? Well, the first question, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that was the potential when they when when AJ came here was can you keep two wide receivers, two elite guys happy? I mean, Devontae Smith is not a guy that's gonna make noise, but I think that's why they are you know, you're not gonna see these two here long term. One's gonna maybe one, uh, but you know, there's probably at some point. Uh, and AJ is probably the likely guy. Once the cap comes into play here, one of them's got to go. I mean, that's just going to be a fact of life. But you know, I thought AJ he I realizes thought, he's going to be that guy because he's probably going to be the guy that goes. Yeah, it, it's my guess is it's a little too early for him to be that to be to be dwelling on that, but maybe not. Uh, you know, I thought after last year, watching the way Jalen handled him, that. You know that, that it would be less of a problem than if AJ was still in Tennessee or someplace else where he was not getting enough targets to keep you know to keep him happy. Um, so, but maybe maybe not. I mean, the problem is right now quarterbacks not at the top of his game, so he doesn't need AJ bitching and moaning right now, and he has little patience for it, which is probably going to strain their relationship if it continues. But uh, as far as Jalen and the passing game, you know, he looks confused right now. Um, you know, teams, teams clearly, I mean, he's Brian Flores and Bill Belichick clearly spent an inordinate amount of time in the yes. offseason. Yes. And they're both what? great, by the way. Yeah. I, th- oh, I don't yeah. think people realize. Yeah. And the problem is that the problem is other, you know, I mean, other teams they're going to be facing are going to watch what Flores and Belichick are doing to uh, this offense, to this quarterback, and and follow suit. I mean, you know, like I said, they've taken away the, the option, the run option. Uh, you know, you watched yesterday, every time he'd fake to Swift and try to run with it on a designed run, those safeties were up and, and playing very smart. I mean, they weren't overplaying. They just gave him no room to run. And so, you know, and, and, I, and then I watched him in the pocket. Uh, you know, too many predetermined passes, uh, you know, you saw that last week when he missed Goddard wide open twice because he was focused on Brown or focused on Smith. You know that you can't do that in this league. I mean, and he, you know, but they're confusing him a little bit. And I think, you know, 
He'll get better at it. He's just he's seeing different things this year than he saw last year when nobody seemed to be paying attention to his or respecting his passing ability. Um, so, and you know, I mean, I watched a play early on in the game yesterday. I've only gotten through the first quarter on the film. You know, he's in the pocket, steps up. He's got an easy dump off to Boston Scott, which he should have done. Uh, you know, I don't know how many yards Boston Scott would have gotten, but he wouldn't have gotten sacked. Uh, instead. He holds the ball and, and and takes a three-yard loss, and they end up punting. You know, those are the things he's got to avoid. Um, and I think he's going to get better at this. And I think Brian Johnson and he are probably, you know, spending, going to be spending night and day in the film room during this long uh, hiatus before they play again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's not playing. he's not playing like he did last year right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with what teams are – what defense – the two first two defenses – are doing to him. Which gets me back to what John and I started with on the show, Damo, which is, yeah, sometimes you just take what the other team gives you. If they're going to play light boxes and safeties back and not let Jalen beat him over the top and have guys spying him and not allowing him to run the RPOs, okay, zone read right up the middle. Here we go. 13 carries, 15 plays. Well, at some point, doesn't the D.C. have to adjust to that? If Flores is this defensive genius, how do you go with the drive that the Eagles did and just run it right down your throats? At some point, you got to go, all right, we might need to flex out of this. All right, they've kind of figured out what we figured out here. We have to adjust now. And the Vikings never did. Well, because they're playing against the best offensive line in the game, for starters. It's not as easy as just saying, we, you know, we're going to stop this. We're going to put an extra guy in the box because they can handle an extra guy in the box and still run the ball. Um you know, this this reminds me so far of two years ago, not last year. But you remember seven games in, the offense is struggling. Jalen's yep. at a point. Uh, Jalen still hasn't gotten it yet. And Nick just said, let's go to the let, – let's just focus on the run game and stop putting so much pressure on our quarterback. And, you know, after that, I mean, they were – I mean, they were averaging, I think, the rest of the season, the last nine games that year. Something yeah, like was, yeah. Rest that yards was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and they were all talking about it last night, Dom. Landon, Landon was, you know, would you yeah. – he, he always says that. Would you rather punch somebody in the face or get punched in the face? Of course we want to run block. And sometimes you want to – you know, but I get the Eagles' philosophy. We all know Jeffrey Lurie, and he's right. You, you got to have a high-octane passing attack to win consistently in this league, yeah. the way it's set up now. But, boy, I mean, to have such an advantage running the football, I do start to wonder, why do they mess around so much? And I asked Nick that, and he, he kind of said, well, sometimes it's the passing game that turns us around and gets us out of the, the lull. But, man, when those guys get going – I, I, who, I mean, they have four all pro level players on the offensive line and Cam mm-hmm. Jurgens, who looks pretty good after two starts. I don't, I, I mean, I'm not in love with the running backs, but they just, they just paved the way for a hundred and 70, what did he, what he end up with? 175 yards for DeAndre yeah. Swift, whose career best was 144 against the Eagles before last night. Um, 
you know, he's never had more than 600, I think, in 13 yards in an NFL season. He had 175 in one game. Um, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm going back to two years ago. I'm going to ride this offensive line and maybe they switch up Damo at some point. You're talking about everybody's trying to do this, the jail and everybody's doing, and yeah. then they say, Oh, we're getting gouged. We got to change. And then it opens up AJ and Devante. The problem is, is AJ going to persevere until he starts getting the football again? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what what defenses do to them uh, going forward, uh, and, and how they counter it. I mean, we still haven't seen much of the you know the slant game, quick slants. Uh, yeah, you know, yesterday you take away those those two deep balls. Uh, you know, I think that re- accounted for like 110 of their 174. Yeah, Devontae yards. only averaged uh, 33 yards a catch last night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, last year's screens were, were very effective. Yesterday, you know, teams have shut that down too. Uh, they tried it about five times yesterday. None of them, none of them had any success because teams have, have kind of studied those on film too. And, and they're, obviously something has set off a trigger that allows them to get a – jump on them so uh but you know i mean the key to this offense last year was its diversity uh you stop the run we're going to beat you with the pass you try you stop the pass we're going to beat you with the run so i don't you know long term you know they're they're going to be teams that aren't going to let them do this so they they need to get their crank up their passing game i don't need an answer to this one because uh it cost me my wagers last night i i figured improperly i knew the eagles were going to throw the ball to dallas goddard and i should have used his over in catches rather than his over in yards because the under over in yards was 48 and he made six catches for 22 yards when did dallas goddard become the dump off guy i remember dallas goddard getting down the seam and running over people and uh, averaging about a 12 yard per reception uh, number and last night he's they they got him the ball after only throwing it to him once week one, but he didn't make a play all night long. What was the eagle line of thinking there? Is that the new use of the tight end? He's the release guy. Well, I don't I don't think it was intended for him to be the dump off guy. His yards after the catch, you know, last year I believe he was either first or second yards after the catch among tight ends. This year, I mean, he's catching the ball, and 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 there's somebody putting him on the ground. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm going to give credit to the defense there. They are not letting him get open. Um, you know, the screen, like I said earlier, the screens didn't to him didn't work. Uh, you know, that was a last year. You know, I want to say almost 20 percent of his receiving yards last year came on screens. Uh, so you know, again, teams have studied this offense. They have, you know, the first two teams they have played have found ways to take away some of the weapons, some of the things they did so well last year. And now it's time for, you know, for Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni to go back to the film room and figure out a way to counter. It's like a chess game. Uh, Defensively, Damo, um, I don't think the Eagles played all that well. Well, I think the front played well. I think Slay played as well as a cornerback can when a receiver gets 11 for 159. I still think he had it. That's how good Jefferson is. But uh, 
Um, I thought he played well. But they had the four turnovers. Now, one was on special teams. Um, Do we give them credit for – I mean, they they punched the ball out. It was Terrell Edmonds on Jefferson. It was Justin Evans on the punt return. Um, Sweat with with the most notable with the forced fumble. Then I forget the – oh, who knocked it out of – Madison, uh, Abante um, yeah. knocked it out at the last second. Um, is that just sort of I, I, you can't count on it? But do you get? I know yeah. the Eagles. Nick will tell you uh, we practice. They got the big ball security sign at the Novacare Complex. Um, can you count on that week after week? No, not not four in one game. Uh, you know, last year. You look at the numbers, first eight games, plus 15 turnover differential. I mean, they were just knocking balls left and right. They weren't making their own errors. Last nine games, um, they had a minus eight turnover differential. They, and not coincidentally, went six and three in those games. You know, yesterday, I mean, was, were the, should we give them any credit on the, on the Jefferson fumble? I mean, that was more him than, uh, was yeah, Evans. probably. Trying to, you know, Edmonds, and that yeah. was a, that, that play was a ten point turnaround. That was a yeah, 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 yeah. They scored a touchdown yeah. there, and the Eagles don't get the sixty one yard field goal, and it's you know, so I mean, they were very fortunate to win this game. But then, you know, I I, I give them the excuse that you know they're missing Blankenship, uh, they were missing Bradbury, uh, they lose Maddox, and and I think. My guess is he's going to be out multiple weeks. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. But yeah, he was holding his shoulder. It didn't look great. Yeah. No, and he's just a guy that's always going to get hurt now. I mean, you just you you can't count on him. Too small. Uh, He's getting the crap kicked out of him inside. He's you know I I thought that's where he belonged because he's such a his quickness makes him such. He's he's almost you know I always say he's almost too physical. He's too physical for his body type. He throws his body around. He thinks Which he's is impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he, he, you know, he can't hold up with his body type. Yeah. And, uh, and he's a good what, player what, when he's you, out there. You're going to go long term with Goodrich uh, in the slot. Uh, that's that's uh, uh, me. <laughs> T.J. Hawkinson is not known for his yards after catch ability. Uh, I think he had what eight for thirty-five in Week One, and he yeah. ran over Mario Goodrich like he wasn't there. Uh, yeah. on the one play so yeah i mean it scares um, me they gave up three touchdowns on their on minnesota's last four possessions i mean they had a chance to put this game away and and just were incapable of it, well, it was then, 20, again, what was at one point it was 20 what 27 7 i mean the game yeah. should have been over exactly um, they yeah. close yeah. Right. But uh, is Josiah Scott still available on the street? Uh, they, they may be putting a call into him. No, he's on the uh, Steelers. Steelers picked up Josiah. Steelers picked him up. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Josiah. Yeah, I'd I didn't call know him to Asante. Yeah. I'd call yeah. Asante Samuel. Get him out of retirement. Yeah. All right. Um, Damo, last one for me. Uh, they're 2 0 now. And you got a nice mini buy here in the middle of the season, which will let them get healthy before they have to take it on the road down to Tampa. Tampa beat the Vikings last week, and the Eagles just beat the Vikings. So uh, if A equals B and B equals C, the 
Bucks got any shot against the Eagles down in their house uh, come 10 days from now? You know, Baker Mayfield, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Kirk Cousins can Kirk Cousins can 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 kind of dice slice and dice a defense if you let him. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is going to get sacked seven times and throw four interceptions. I just I have little faith in that guy. Well, a big game for Josh Sweat, baby, coming. I feel <laughs> NFC Defensive Player of the Week for Josh Sweat in that game. No, it's after that. It's after that game that things get a little tough and they they got to play better. But I think I think they can still struggle with some of the problems they've got and still beat Tampa Bay on the road. Gotta yeah, get a little I, offensively. Yeah, the Eagles will score too many, but they can't keep up with the Eagles offensively. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, Damo. Always a pleasure when we get you on. We love handicapping you. Who's? Uh, I'll ask this of John McMullen. Which wardrobe is more intriguing, Damo's or Gills? The Gill uh, T-shirt from where, or the Damo? What color is this I'm gonna go Hawaiian Damo shirt? Gonna I, be? Yeah, I love I love the Hawaiian shirt. I love the Andy. I love when Andy shows up with them. I love when Dama shows up with them. Uh, Gil's just taking Ivy League t-shirts to try to make himself look smart. So, you know, and uh, and we see through that. But yeah. uh, we love seeing Dama when he punches up on our show. Thank you much for doing it today, Dama. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. Thanks, Bye. bud. Paul Domwich, 33rd team, and his stat pack on jacobsports.com. you got to check it out each and every single week. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back about 25 minutes from now. Our pal Scotty Grayson from Fox 29 is going to join us. Still plenty of uh, Eagles, Vikings to break down from last night. And at some point, we got to talk about the big game coming up this weekend. All you Eagle fans out there, join hands with me, Jody McDonald. And say J E T S, Jets, 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 as they go down to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. We're coming back next here on Birds 365. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. I got a little close that time, how to get a coffee refill. Appreciate you uh, hanging in with us here on Birds 365. You're Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald after an Eagle victory over the Minnesota Vikings in which DeAndre Swift went off for 175 runs. And uh, John correctly points out, he had some holes. Uh, they, they did a pretty good job in front of him. It wasn't just all DeAndre Swift. Outstanding job by the Eagles offensive line opening up holes for him. But he did make some nice plays and uh, yards after contact and a couple of nice reads when uh, you're right there on the cutting edge. Do you stay inside? Do you bounce it outside? Do you bounce out there? You try and cut it back. I thought he did an excellent job of picking the right holes and uh, going where the, 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 the best possibility to get yards was. Tell me the Eagles are going to trot him out there as their number one ball carrier next week, Josh. I think they have to after that performance. Um, I, I think he earned it, um, you know, but I think, you know, it's not over. I don't think he earned it in perpetuity. Um, I do think, you know, the Eagles will be realistic about it. Hey, they don't want him carrying the football 28 times every, that's every you know, um, and, and that's anybody. Um, not just DeAndre. Um, but so obviously it'll be more of a mix. And they lost Boston Scott. What it really tells me, though, they don't like Rashad. But why is Rashad Penny here? I mean, he couldn't even get a touch until Boston got his concussion. It's like, why is he here? Um, I, that That is, you know, he's kind of buried. But uh, once Kenny comes back, yeah. But DeAndre deserves the opportunity to be the lead back in, in Tampa after that performance. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that, but they do like Kenny a lot. And, um, yeah, but should that scare the Eagle fans? That- I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like it, it, you know, I, I think if Kenny gets 28 carries last night, He's probably and he wouldn't because of the size and all that stuff. I he probably Kenny Gainwell has never sniffed 175 yards, John. No, either is DeAndre Swift. I, I my, DeAndre my Swift point, got 140 last year against the Eagles. Game that's one. Not, that's not sniffing 175, and that was his career high. Um, that's what, what I'm 140 saying. 140 hell of a lot closer than De- than uh, Kenny Gainwell's ever gotten. Yes, DeAndre's also been playing longer. And he's had more opportunities. Um, what I'm saying is, look, DeAndre clearly is more explosive. It, uh, what I'm saying is, it, in that instance, the holes were so big is what I'm trying to say. 
he's probably got 120, 125, somewhere in that range. That was the kind of game it was. At well, Boston, why weren't the holes that big last week when Kenny Gainwell New England did a better job? Yards. It was the same offensive line, right? Yeah, but come on, Jody. But the, the, the New England played differently. They paid more attention to the run. You saw the game. You saw even on, well, on the then, TV. Then you could see the gaping hole. Yeah, I saw it on TV, John. So let me ask it this way then. Can the Eagles' run game be stopped by a good defense? Oh, sure. Okay. Anybody could stop the run so game. So then last night wasn't so much about the Eagles' offensive line. It was about the Dolphins' defense stinks. Well, the Vikings defense. Vikings, excuse me. Sorry. Well, no. What did I the, say? Dolphins? What Where the hell did we, yeah. that come from? Well, the Vikings defense well, must stink. The Vikings defense does. The front stinks. I mean, Quasio Dofa Mensa should be ashamed of himself. I, I'm looking at this roster, and I, I, by the way, I saw Ben Lieber. Ben, I thanked him for coming on the show. We had a long discussion. Ben was disappointed after the game. I said, look, man, that offensive line is good. I get to see it every week. Um, but, I mean, their second-best corner is a Caleb Evans, They're, who was getting just beaten like a drum all night. Their second-best def- interior defensive lineman is Dean Lowry, who stinks on ice, Jody. I mean, they got nothing. So, yeah, part of it is personnel. And then Flores came in trying to stop the passing game. And he wouldn't – it was light box, light box, light box. Look – you can put 11 people up and stop the run. Even the Vikings with that group could stop the run. If they wanted to stop the run, he came in trying to stop the pass and he succeeded, but they were so bad at stopping the run. All I'm saying is don't expect 175 every week. You'll see it against the jets. As you bring up, you'll see it against Tampa with Vita Bea. Bang. They ain't get 175. DeAndre Swift, uh, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, they're not getting 175 against a Vita Vea team. Ain't happening. Even with the offensive line is still great. But when I bring up Boston Scott, actually, you know, people forget it, during that 13-play drive, it was Swift, Swift, Swift early. Then they put in Boston. It was Boston, Boston, Boston. Boston only had five carries because he got uh, the concussion. But he was averaging eight yards a chunk. I, I mean – the offensive line was the story, but I get why every and I I get why every, and DeAndre played very well. Don't get me wrong, but the offensive line was the story. The offensive line was very good last night, but uh, I, I just hope the Eagles. Because John, you, you you tell us this all the time that the Eagles evaluate off the practice in the preseason, which I get it. Up until you have a game film to watch, you got to evaluate off something. I just hope they make the quick change to, well, game tape much more important than practice tape. Because Kenny well, Gainwell I, looked I, as good I said, in practice I, as he I did. Said, he was the guy who looked good in the camp. Ooh, that's nice. Then game film comes into play, and that trumps practice work for me every single time. Well, I said he deserves another start or lead back, whatever you want to call it. He deserves. He earned that. Uh, I, I think the Eagles are – I, I believe they'll get but maybe they won't. Maybe you're right. Maybe they should be. I do know they trust Kenny Gainwell, and when he's healthy, and here's the problem. Two-minute, it's going to be Kenny. Four-minute, it's going to be Kenny. Um, you know, red zone, it's going to be Kenny. 
Man, is that going to change moving forward when he's healthy? I think he's going to get a longer rope as well. If he plays poorly, yeah, then you take it away. But I don't think you lose trust in a guy you trust because he got a rib injury is what I'm trying to say. But I think it'll be more of a, a, a you know, an even keel than what it was in week one. Do you think they lack trust in uh, DeAndre Swift? I think they did, and I think he earned some trust after last night's performance. You know, one of the knocks behind the scenes was he didn't take what was there. He did yesterday. Yeah. He did yesterday. Most of what he got was dead between the tackles, John. Yeah. I I think he only bounced it outside two or three times in 20-some-odd carries. That's taking what's there. That's and what, what I'm was saying. there was gigantic holds yeah. created by the offensive line. They made on, it on, 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 That's what I'm saying. On one on one night, he took what what was there. So you know he, you know at times you see him kick it outside. He didn't do it yesterday. He and maybe he's taken to the constructive criticism and you know Jamal Singleton pounding into his head. Look, dude, we got a good offensive line. Don't worry about bouncing it out. You'll get your opportunities to bounce it out. Take what's there, you know, and if he learns that, maybe he turns into the the back he was supposed to be coming out of Georgia. I mean, he's still a young guy. And uh, career high, 175 yards last night. And the Eagles were tremendously effective running the football. But if you run it, that means you're not throwing it. And for the second consecutive game, uh, Jalen Hurts came back with less than 200 yards passing. And that's 200 yards passing against the Viking defense that isn't real good on any level, first, second, or third. You would expect Jalen to do more. Yes, Devontae Smith caught a couple of very nice long passes. A.J. Brown, not much at all. Dallas Goddard, nothing but short passes. Uh, the Eagles' passing game hasn't clicked in yet. They've got 11 days to work on everything, John, with this little mini buy going from a Thursday night to a Monday night. What do you think the main thing that the Eagles will be working on to get their pet other than they're going to try and get AJ the ball the same way they got it to Dallas last night, six catches. Oh, they're going to try yeah. and emphasize getting it to AJ. Uh, what else do you think they're working on for the next 11? Well, days? I think they are going to try to work on getting this passing game going. And as Damo mentioned, yeah, they're getting some different looks. Um, from what they got last year. And that's, you know, Jalen struggling a little bit with it. And they're, you know, coming from different angles. They're trying to keep them in the pocket. The the Vikings had pace, um, you know, spying them so he couldn't get out um, a lot. Um, these are different looks. He wasn't getting these looks. Last year, people thought, Hey, we got to stop the Eagles running game because remember they're coming off the 2021 season where they turned everything around by running the football down people's throats and people are focused on that. You know, it was ironic because it was Minnesota in week two last year and Minnesota week two this year, last year, the Vikings said Ed Donatel, they said, we're going to make this guy throw it and he killed them. They, you go back to that game, I'll, I'll pull up the box score in the break maybe. They killed him throwing the ball. Jalen was unbelievable. That was his coming out party saying, yeah, I can throw the ball from the pocket. He gets that stupid, you know, 
uh, anyway, defensive philosophy. Um, and then this year, Flores is like, no, 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 I got, I got to stop this guy. And you're doing it. And then they just go back to running the ball. That's that diversity Damo was talking about. Very few teams can do that, but it gets ugly in the moment because people want everything. You know, they run for what, what was the total yesterday? 250 something. As I mentioned, 10th time they've done it in, in the Nick Sirianni era. So 259 running the football. And people are complaining because they couldn't throw the football. Well, why would you throw the ball? It's the same with the blitz on defense. Why would you blitz if you don't have to? You know, if you're running for 259, they're going to let you just run for 259. Yeah, it's pretty pretty simple if you ask me. But And I'll say this about uh, the offense and the defense, same thing. What I think that Kansas City did last year, and Eagles did too, it comes down to a field goal last play of the game. Um, you want to win in the National Football League? Be balanced. That's the best way to be able to be able to run the football and throw the football. If the defense is going to take a hard line stance against you, you lean on the other side. It's pretty damn easy. It's not all that hard. And the yeah. Eagles have the ability. They showed it last night. You can pick your poison. You can tell us what kind of defense you're going to throw at us. We're just going to beat you the other way. And they are one of a handful of teams in the National Football League are good enough at both things to be able to do that. And it's the same thing on defense. If you don't have to blitz, don't blitz. If you say, all right, we're going to make you bring an extra. All right, when we blitz, we're going to get there. Now, the last couple of years under Gannon, they almost never blitzed. There's, you see a little bit more aggressiveness with their new defensive coordinator, which they're going to be able to uh, think it'll make Eagle fans happy, that they will bring an extra guy uh, a little more often. Balance. You want to be uh, able I to just, get it done, either way, bring in or not bring an extra. I I haven't rewatched the game obviously because I got like two and a half hours of sleep. So I ask you, I didn't notice a lot of blitzing from the Eagles. They because they didn't have to. I did see Nicholas Morrow got loose once on a blitz, and he yeah. got a hit on on Kirk Cousins. I didn't see a lot of blitzing, but I, well, see, I would... here's here's my question. I think I asked you this just a couple of weeks ago on the show. I think I asked someone else on one of my radio shows as well. Eagles play a five man line, right? Yeah, that's not. They a play point. a lot of five man line. That's blitzing, as far as I'm concerned. That's blitzing. Now, if they've changed the definition, maybe I got to go back and double check it. Going four against five is regular rush. When you add a fifth guy, even if he's got his hand in the dirt, which the Eagles do because they use a five-man up front line, that's blitzing. It's yeah, not no, what we yeah, think yeah, of blitzing yeah, and bringing not, a guy off the edge well, that's or a, bringing that's, a guy from eight yards behind the line of scrimmage like Mo did last night. No. And, man, he made some pretty good ground up getting through that defensive yeah, line. Yeah, was, nice, was a nice uh, quarter. I think they completed the pass, but I'm not – positive here's the difference for me and this is two games in john and i haven't broken down the game film either i go back and rewatch, and i surely haven't watched last night's game here's the difference i'm seeing between uh the the former fangio defensive gannon and the new slightly tweaked defensive plan they're not dropping anybody off the five-man line back in the pass coverage and they did that a lot last year under gannon they'd come up to the line as five and then would, one would drop back. No, this year's defense, the five are all going forward. They're all going to get the quarterback. Nah. 
So uh, that to me is a little different. You know, I Hassan Reddick never dropped less in his career than he did last year. So I mean, Sean's going to do it, and in fact, he's done it at least in practice. We're only through two games. In practice, he dropped guys like he he was dropping Josh Sweat. He was dropping Derek Barnett. He was dropping some weird people in in practice. We haven't necessarily I seen haven't it seen, yet. I don't, I don't know that I've seen that in the game. And, and, you know, Hassan, because people would kill JG for dropping Hassan Reddick. Never dropped less in his career. Um, never. Um, so, I mean, that's one of those narratives. But when you talk about. Yeah, but that, but John, that's just kudos to the Eagles. They brought him in and said, listen. We're not looking at you as an outside linebacker. We may list you as an outside linebacker on our depth chart, but you are not an outside linebacker. You are an edge player. You are well, Yeah, obviously. But what I'm saying, he was that his last year in Arizona. He was that his last, his only year in Carolina as well. And he dropped more. He still dropped more than he oh, dropped in just, Philadelphia that, is what I'm shame, trying to that's say. Shame, to me, that's shame on those other two teams. Well. That, that but the point is he didn't drop a lot is my larger point for some reason people think he did he didn't um he didn't drop a lot uh so it's kind of weird to me um but as far as your first point look J- jordan davis because if 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 minnesota play actions and jordan davis is on the field to stop the run but it's first down and they throw it instead I mean, that's not a blitz. I mean, Jordan Davis going over. This is not a blitz. Um, Jordan Davis is getting to the quarterback. No, but Jordan's playing very well. I'm saying Jordan Davis can't blitz. He's the extra guy. He can't blitz. He's not a blitz. He's not a blitz player. He's not blitz. It's not a blitz. Who's to say he's the extra guy? When you have a five-man front. There is no extra guy um, you know, when you're trying to stop the run. Um, and and if it's first and 10 and you got the 50 front, the big Fangio 50 front, um, and they play action and your goal is to stop the run, but you say, oh, they're throwing, then you just got to try to get the quarterback. Yeah, that's not what people are talking about when you describe the blitz. Now you can describe it as saying an extra rusher, but that's not going to satiate the fans who want to see a real blitz. Right. So it, 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 it you know, it, but I'm kind of John, I'm just trying to, maybe I'm swimming upstream here. I'm trying to educate the fans that when you have to me, the definite definition of blitz is one more pass rusher than four. That standard four-man line in the NFL, if there is another guy going forward trying to get the quarterback, that's a blitz. It's not the prototypic blitz of a guy coming from the far outside or a guy lining up six yards behind the line of scrimmage and just flying forward. But a fifth guy to me is a blitz. Maybe my definition is wrong, but to me, that's I'll give credit to the defensive coordinator. Well, then, you, they, you know, the people that break this stuff down, then you got to look at, well, the Eagles play gap and a half. It's called gap and a half defense when it comes to run support. So then you got to see, all right, is Jordan Davis even t- attempting to rush the passer because he's playing gap and a half on first down? Then you got to get into that. You're saying the four eye guys, they're playing four eye technique. They're playing gap and a half. They might not even 
go after the quarterback because you know they're fooled by the play action. Right, so but then you watch gotta... the games and you've seen Jordan. Da- if Jordan Davis is just going to get up and draw two uh, blockers and let everybody, uh, okay, you're right. He's not a blitzer. He's not he's going toward the quarterback. He's going toward the quarterback. Once they know it's only a uh, a play action pass, he's beating his guy and getting his hands yeah. on the QB. By That's got defini- to count as blitzing. By, by definition, unless he changes his position, which I don't see happening anytime soon, Jordan Davis can never blitz. By definition. Yeah. I mean, he can't. That's uh, just no, and no nose tackle. Well, shade technique can blitz. So if he if he gets the quarterback, if he actually registers a sack, is it not a sack? That's a pass rush. That's a pass rush from a nose tackle or shade technique. I'm saying he can't, by definition, blitz because of the position he plays. That's I I get that. I would I have my own definition. I guess it is. If you are the fifth guy on a play and you get the quarterback, that still counts as a sack. I would consider that a blitz. Maybe. Maybe I'm out there on an island by Yeah, then I'd focus okay. on the edge guys. Give it to Josh Sweat or Hassan Reddick. But the nose tackle, no. Absolutely not. He is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac on Bird Street 65. We're going TV on you next. That's right. Our buddy Scotty Grayson from Fox 29 jumping in with the Bird Street 65 duo. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mag and Mac here on Birds 365, and we have Scott Grayson from Fox 29, their sports director. All right, Mr. Grayson, I know this is part of your job, painting a picture via video when you go down there. What was the crowd like for the first Eagle home game of 2023? It was about what you'd expect. I think those people were uh, were jacked up and, and enjoying a full day's worth of uh, pregame. Some might say juiced up. up. Yeah, Scott. Yeah. yeah juiced and, up. You know, so but and those people were looking forward to seeing a show. Um, and obviously they were they were booing before they were cheering, I think, for the most part. Uh, <laughs> That's true. true. That's um, true. Brian and, Johnson uh, got to the know, boos early. Yeah. 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 And it, but hey, you gotta love the Philly crowd. And I think they came and showed and represented last night just like they have been with the Phillies games lately. And um uh, they were there. And when they needed to be, they were loud and causing some issues for the Vikings on some key third downs. I remember thinking to myself as well. So Good crowd, uh, and they did their part. Yeah, uh, and that's no surprise. I mean, uh, yeah, night game in Philadelphia. I, I, we had Ben Lieber, the biking sideline reporter, on yesterday. I tried to say, you know, be nice to Ben; he's a good guy. But um, yeah, some. Uh, uh, it's a difficult place to play, Philadelphia. And there's no doubt about it. And that's why, you know, it's way too early to talk about it, Scott. But Eagles are off to a good start at 2-0. and They might not have played all that well. Not a lot of style points, but this isn't college football. And if they get that number one seed again, eh, nobody wants to come here in January. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's fair to say, right? Absolutely. And and I think they've shown why that's such a big deal, especially later in the season when, you know, they've done well with it for obvious reasons. And, that's obviously the goal for this team is to get there. And you're right. They're two and oh, and at the end of the day, that is what matters the most. Um, of course, fans sit here and look at this. And of course they look back last night, you know, had four turnovers. Uh, and I forget which one of the players was saying this after the game, but um, when they said, when we have four turnovers, we, I think it may have been Kelsey, when we have four turnovers, we need to score more points for sure. Man. Shouldn't be a game at the end when you force four turnovers. And no. it was, uh, and that's a problem that, there's a lot of things this team needs to button up on, but at the end of the day, as they sit there and they look at the film and they start, you know, kind of licking their wounds from the bump and bruises of playing two games in four days, they are two and zero, and they haven't played their best football, not even close to it, and they're two and zero. So they have a lot of things to build on, and I think, um, I think at the end of the day, you look at it and say, great, they're two and zero, and you're right, John. The number one seed is what they want most. The division title still out there. Uh, of course, they want that for the first time since 2004. You get a back-to-back division champ. Um, so there's a lot of things that, that are out there for this team goals-wise that they've done. And if you told me they'd be 2-0 and after these first two games, I'd definitely take it for sure. Much like uh, uh, the, the grief I take here on our stream as an admitted Jet fan, the one New York team I still root for is the Jets. Eagles are my second favorite team, which, oh, by the way, I used to take a lot of grief when the Cowboys were my second team. Now when I say the Eagles are my second favorite team, irrelevant if you're not first. 
Well, as as a Jet guy, you got to be four for four in this town, Jody. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, about Jalen Hurts is going to get criticized for his Astros hat. Uh, sure you know. Enough. All right, it yeah. won't be criticized by me. Um, can we get all the Eagle fans to be Jet fans for a week this week, Scott? Since the Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Aaron Rodgers list Jets, man, that doesn't sound good. The mm. Aaron Rodgers list, uh. the Zach Wilson legend, that sounds even worse. Can we get some Eagle fans jumping on that Jet bandwagon this week? You know, it's it's uh, it's funny you bring that up because I had a conversation with my son the other day. He's seventeen, and I and I was telling him. You know, I, I I don't like the Atlanta Braves. And he's like, why don't you like that? I said, because they are they were always good. They are always good. And it's just annoying. And I said, and, and growing up, the Cowboys to me were, you know, you hate the Cowboys. And you root for the Eagles and whoever is playing the Cowboys that week. It doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. And and that so so you know what, Jody, to your point, yes, I think there's a lot of Jets fans in Philly this weekend because look. You know, you remember last week, and and the Dallas Cowboys are rolling out in New York with a forty to nothing win, which, my opinion, had more to do with the Giants than the Cowboys. But Dallas fans suddenly they've creeped out of the woodwork again. They're coming out of the weeds and they're acting like week one. Yeah, it's week one, and they did something. Yeah. You know what? You got to win. You got to win just like the Eagles did, even though it wasn't very pretty against the Patriots. You know, are they going to be two and zero? Who knows? They got to get through the Jets, and frankly, the most important thing that I saw in week one uh, out of that Jets team was their defense. Very respectful. And I think that's something that I'm very curious to see, and I will be watching how Dak and offense, the offensive uh, does for Dallas against that defense, because I think it's going to be a very interesting battle. I'm guaranteeing you the Dallas Cowboys will not score 40 points against the New York team this week like they did last week. Well, by the way, that's a perfect example of, you know, Dallas may have been – in the first week may have been the most impressive team in the NFL. Um, but they were one and zero, and the Eagles were one and zero. that's all that matters. It doesn't, you don't get extra points for being that impressive on a particular week. Um, so yeah, the, the style aspect of it, I don't get, especially when you're coming out and we, we talked about it all off season. We probably talked about it with you, Scott. I thought maybe it would be a little hinky, and I talked about it constantly. But you have these teams, you're going to out-talent them ultimately at the end of the day. New England, Minnesota, so far that's held up. They didn't play great, but they out-talented both those teams in the end. Um, And this is valuable learning time. So you can work out the kinks against the less impressive teams. So when Kansas City shows up and Buffalo shows up later in the season – San Francisco, maybe you're better prepared. I thought this was a great schedule from that perspective. Yeah, I agree. And listen, to your point, John, one of the things that I love the most um, uh, about, you know, talking to these guys after the game is talking to Jason Kelsey. The guy is always brutally honest, which is very respectable. And, And what he said last night that really resonated with me as I left was they've seen a lot of chaos in these first two games. And, and when you are the hunted, you are the one with the target on your back. These teams in the offseason that have you early on are spending a lot of time game planning and trying to throw you stuff that perhaps you haven't seen before. And, and I think they, you know, these first two teams between, you know, the, the Patriots and with Bill Belichick doing what he did and the Vikings picking up on some of that and throwing some of their own wrinkles in there as well. I think this Eagles offensive line, and, and Kelsey admitted it yesterday, they're watching chaos and they're having to work through it 
to ultimately get to the right side of it. And you're right, John. Talent is going to be able to hopefully win out in those situations. And the talent here ultimately did that. And there was communication on the sidelines, and they started saying, look, the run is there if we want it. And they took it, and they ran it down the throats of the Vikings, ultimately, with DeAndre Swift. So it's interesting because you're seeing the different behaviors, and it's different, right? This fan base, usually it's disrespected. This team is usually disrespected and an afterthought. They're not this year. They are many people's favorites to win the Super Bowl, to at least get there again. And that comes with a target on your back and every other team in the league looking at this team and saying, we're going to find ways to confuse them. So far, it has not been a well-oiled machine on offense, but the talent, you're right, John, has found a way to shine through. So I found that very interesting last night that they're seeing a bunch of chaos in Jason Kelsey's words and trying to work through it. And the talent and the, the veteranship and the leadership of this offensive line and the rest of the offense are finding ways to, to, to score and get down the field. Thankfully, Jake Elliott has a leg on him, too. Woo. He definitely bailed him out. Oh, Don't by the forget, way, uh, Aaron Sipos is the holder. Give Aaron <laughs> <Yeah>. credit. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Hey, high five, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, last night I asked my wife, I said, can we eat dinner early? Because the Eagles are going to start 8-15. But I wanted to have dinner over and done with by like 5.30, quarter to 6. Because I wanted to watch the Kelsey documentary. I hadn't watched it yet. I said, it'll be a perfect lead-in to the Eagle game. I watched the game on Fox 29. You're out late because it's just easier on regular TV rather than getting in and out of the stream. Hey, you watch it for Scott Grayson. Come on. <laughs> Excuse me. But I streamed in for the Kelsey documentary. Any Birds fans watching us right now, if you haven't watched it yet, it is a must watch. It is number one, well done. Number two, emotional number three pulls at your heartstrings number four gets you pumped up about the philadelphia eagles it checks every single box it is just tremendous if you are an eagle fan and you got to check it out on amazon if you don't get amazon i apologize for that for talking this up but if you you might want to think about it and i'm saying uh, there are there are a couple different benefits to Amazon, including free shipping. Yeah, if your wife, like my wife, benefit, likes to yeah. order stuff, mine, mine as well. I probably yeah. have three out there as we speak. Third on that, <laughs> yeah, three for three. So uh, we, the wife's paying for Amazon anyway, so you can watch your Thursday night football. Well, you got to watch it for this Kelsey documentary as well because it is just stone cold tremendous. All right, Eagles offensive line was tremendous last night, Scott. John and I have been talking about it since the show started that. We think you could have rushed for 87 yards last night. All right, maybe not a buck 75 like DeAndre I'm Swift, but you could Grayson, have gotten 80. Grayson Spry, I'm giving Scott 92. Wow, you're going over 87. All right, yeah. good, good 92. I'd hit one hole, and then that'd be, I'd be in the injury tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that well, that part, yeah. All right, uh, I've been asking John. So but you would have been eight well. yards downfield before you hit the end. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. That's an eagle first yeah. down. Um, <laughs> do you think that DeAndre Swift just goes back to being RB2 last week because they don't want to uh, Wally Pip Kenny Gainwell if he's 100% healthy? Yes, that's another thing I said to my boys this morning. I was like, the one guy who was probably watching that game last night and thinking, uh-oh was Kenny Gainwell, you know, and 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 wondering what would it have, would he have had that kind of success if he were playing. Look, I think the the correct answer is uh a little of both um because I liked I liked DeAndre Swift's running style. I felt like he was very patient in the hole. Sometimes the first hole that opened, he didn't take and he would wait and then take another hole 
and and blast through. And then, like Jason Kelsey said as well afterwards, I, I don't know how many times we ran the inside trap, but each <laughs> time zone. it looked a little different because yeah. Swift would cut a different way. The yeah. vision was there, right? And and the patience, like I said, Kenny Gainwell and these younger running backs these days, when they see the first hole, that's the one they're going for. So I think there's a difference in style, and I think it can really work uh, if you play the both of them, um, you know, off and on. And this we've seen the, the Eagles don't typically go with a bell cow running back. They were almost forced to last night because Boston Scott ended up going to the concussion protocol as well. And, heck, DeAndre Swift was doing so well, why would you pull him off the field? Um, but to that extent, I think the best answer, Jody, is to, to really play the both of them and, and, and let their styles work to your advantage because it forces the defense to pay attention. Who's back there as opposed to getting used to perhaps one guy or the other? Plus, you know, if you work through that workload a little bit, then maybe perhaps you keep both guys a little healthier and better and more fresh at the end of the season, uh, which is what you want. But I don't know how you weren't a DeAndre Swift fan last night. Local guy comes home. Uh, I kept feeling bad for him. He'd get down to the one-yard line and then get the tush push, not get the benefit of scoring. Finally, he did get in there. Um, but a great game. Uh, the, the, I mean, the yards before contact was impressive. And to your point, that's a credit to the offensive line and the holes they were yeah. opening. Yeah. Uh, but but I think you got to feature both of them for sure. I mean, look, there were things I liked in Kenny Gainwell's game last week, and there were things he's shown this this coaching staff to have earned that RB one uh, job initially anyway. So let both of them do what they do. And I think it can really work well for this offense. Do you guys remember how mummy uh, the former college coach, um, uh, longtime college coach at the end of his career, I bring this up uh, because I'm going to ask you about Brian Johnson. Uh, he was coaching in the XFL. And one of the cool things about the XFL is they mic up the coaches so you can hear the play calls. And now the coaches hate it. You know, the NFL coaches would despise it. Well, they do despise it. They're like, no, we're not doing that. Uh, because obviously you're going to get second guessed if something goes wrong. But in the XFL, they're just trying to get people to watch. So it was pretty cool. And you got to see how mummy. And one of the things he he was he had a drive going, and his play call was, and I'm going to quote, "Do it again." That was the play call. He was just running the football. Do it again. They weren't stopping it. Do it again. Do it again. Brian Johnson's getting a lot of heat already in week two for a two and O team, Scott. To the point, my guy Seth Joyner on our post game show asked me. Is Nick Sirianni going to take over the play calling? You mentioned the inside zone. Jason Kelsey was talking that 16. It was inside zone, inside zone, inside zone. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. They're not stopping it. That's a good play caller. Why are people all over Brian Johnson after two weeks? I wasn't a fan of Brian Johnson's play calling in week one. I think he fell a little victim to the weather a little bit in the first half and, and settled in on some things. But as I kind of got further away from that game, I remembered he was playing Bill Belichick that had a whole off season to prepare for that offense. As I went through the second game and left last night, John, my, my overall impression is I don't know that it's so much Brian Johnson as it is right now. His quarterback is not giving him what I think he's expecting. And, and I think Jalen's vacating the pocket too soon. I think he's not allowing the passing game to unfold in front of him quite as well, or he's taking his eyes off downfield. He's missing guys. We've seen it. 
He's missing some open receivers, uh, not not overthrowing them or underthrowing them. He's missing seeing them uh, in his progressions and his reads. So I think some of that has affected the play calling. But you're, I am one who's – look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it's running and it's working and you're having your way with that defense and you're wearing them down and you're not substituting so they can't substitute – You'd be stupid to stop running the ball if yeah. you get four, five, six, seven, eight yards a clip. Um, and, and so I think to that extent, you know, and the offensive line loves that. You know, those guys love run blocking. Coming off the ball and just having your way with the guy on the other side, um, that's fun. And and they were having fun with that last night. And Jason said, I love a 16-play drive. I also like the three, four-play drive when you get the touchdown <laughs> on the field. Um, so I think, look, I, I'm still, to me, jury's still out on Brian Johnson. I'm still trying to figure out what he's trying to achieve because I do think that part of what his plan is is not being allowed to develop fully because um, there's things And going by the there. way, yeah, I'm not saying he's doing a great job. I'm saying yeah. the people saying he should get, they should take the play call after. No, two, I'm not and, there yet. And they're, they're 2 and oh. I Right. Mean, I'm not oh. there. He's got to be allowed to. He's got to be allowed to find his way a little bit, and and he's got to be allowed to find uh, some chemistry with his players. And again, it comes back to look. You know, these are two preseason games. Essentially, they're trying to get familiar with each other. Him with his offense and his personnel and his players, uh, and and what the opponents are trying to do to them, um, and and he's trying to understand and and work through that communication. Like Kelsey was saying, they come off and say the runs there. Let's just keep doing. That give and take. I like that he was listening to his players because we all know there's some guys who are, you know, that that alpha male. Like, no, it's my way. This is what I'm doing, and this is what we will do. Um, so I think there's you just got we got to let it breathe. And it was two games in four days, and and you can't understate that. Um, and I think we just got to let it breathe. And I'll be curious to see what happens with 11 days between games. What will they have learned? A little bit of self scouting goes on uh, within the coaching staff, and I'll be curious to see what Brian Johnson learns through these next 11 days. All right, Scotty, I want to flip it back over to the other side of the ball and talk some defense with you. They're a little banged up over there. We knew coming into the game there was injuries. Then you add Avante Maddox on top of that. So they're having to go to their bench and use their depth. Uh, the defense last night had some ups and downs. Sure enough, Nicholas Morrow, uh, back from the netherworld, jumps in, <laughs> starting, the, got the green dot. He's calling the signals, made a nice pass rush, made nice defensive play and pass coverage against Justin Jefferson, of all people. Got to give him the nod for that one. But TJ Hawkinson did have like seven for 60-some-odd yards and two touchdowns. Uh, we're we're hoping that a Reed Blankenship is back this week. We won't know about Maddox just yet. How concerned are you that the Eagles are down their depth chart a little bit on the defensive side of the ball? I think we saw the effect of that late in the game. The one touchdown, um, I don't remember if it was the last one or the one right before it, but Josh Job was on um, on a receiver, and he went on a crossing route, and Job let him go, and he was wide open. In the, I mean – all three of us could have made that pass. He was that wide open. Talking um, about the KJ Osborne. Yes, that's yeah. The that one. was that, that. You know what that was? That was Justin Jefferson. I mean, three Eagles saw Jefferson and went after went Jefferson, Jefferson and Osborne. There was mis just, there was clearly miscommunication. Yeah, it was blown coverage. Yeah, they yeah. all saw, they all saw the eight, eighteen. They were uh, uh, panicked, and the other guy just. 
I mean, that happens sometimes. It's miscommunication, and it is a factor of going further down the depth chart and lack of chemistry and and knowledge of what the guy next to me is going to do when he sees X, Y, or Z. And and I think that touchdown was exactly, um, you know, along the lines that you said, John, they were worried about one guy, forgot about the other, and there wasn't communication to pick up uh, a guy crossing across the field. And that's going to be what happens when they start getting these injuries mounted up now. I wonder how many, like, would Reed have been able to play if this game was Sunday instead of Thursday? I think he would have had a chance. Um, would, you know, would some of these other guys, would Bradbury have been out Bradbury. of the concussion yeah, protocol? You, Bradbury, you can get out in, well, for a Sunday game, but not a Thursday yeah. game. Yeah. So I, I think, it, it, but what we saw was, and, and, and again, they're 2-0, they weathered that storm, which um, was was a tall task against some good receivers. You mentioned Hawkinson. You mentioned Justin Jefferson. Osborne got in there as well. Um, if you give Kirk Cousins time, he can make those throws. Um, and the one thing, though, the defense did, even with all that, I mean, they held the Vikings to next to no rushing yards. They made them one-dimensional. Oh, yeah. But they weren't able to stop that dimension, which is a bit of concerning. Uh, so as far as the injuries go, it is concerning to see the guys banged up they are. Uh, as they are right now, but knowing they have these 11 days, I think a bunch of them will likely be ready to go for Tampa Monday night. Silver lining, uh, you mentioned, Scott, with those injuries, is now Josh Jobs got some time under his belt. Do you think they should have gotten Sidney Brown some time under his belt? Because guys like Nick Morrow and Terrell Edmonds, they know how to play. He could maybe even go as far as saying Christian Ellis as well. Should they have gone that route? Because, you know, maybe those guys have a little bit, in Sydney's case, much more upside. Um, but even in Christian's case, maybe more upside. Should they have tried that because they were going to out-talent this team and maybe gotten some experience for those younger players? It's a good point because look how valuable that was for Reed Blankenship. Right. Last year, yeah. he kind of came out of nowhere and emerged and that that experience that he was getting because of injuries ended up, you know, vaulting him into a starting role this year. I think you're onto something there, John. I, I mean, Sidney Brown is a guy I like the way he kind of plays. Um, and, and when he gets the opportunities on special teams, he's flying around. Uh, I, you know, you got to be careful. Of course, you don't want to you know, go too far down on the depth chart with guys not being ready. And with the short week, there's less preparation because of all the, the walkthroughs and less practice time. But um, I, I think there's something to that. Christian Ellis, I expected to see a little more of last night than we did. Um, but, you know, they, they're going to these guys know what they're doing. They're going to work through it. But I think there is value in getting those guys experience in situations like this, because you are inevitably going to need them again. Uh, at some point down the road, injuries are a nature of the game, and they do play a big role in what happens. And depth is a very important factor in success. We've seen it, you know, uh, all the way through the Eagles Super Bowl run. Their backup quarterback wins the MVP. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've I think, heard. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> so it's it's the depth is key, and I think it's uh, a great point. And I would have I I would have loved to have seen Sidney Brown out there a little bit to let him get his feet wet more. And, and you know, in real games, not preseason, against you know a talent on the other side, we'll see what happens as they go through and if these injuries continue to mount or or linger uh, going forward. All right, and that was a great point you made about Reed getting the uh, work last year, which has made him better coming into this year. 
So I guess we owe Kayvon Wallace a thanks for not being good enough to keep Reed Blankenship off the field last year. So thanks, Kayvon. Who's Kayvon with? Who, who picked Arizona. Oh, uh, he's cut. Yeah. We'll see you in January, Kayvon, when you get here. With your <laughs> Jonathan Gannon. We'll give you thanks then. All right. We've gone an hour and 47 minutes, and we haven't broached this yet, at least uh, in passing at most. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts getting into it pretty good on the sidelines last night. And afterwards, A.J. said, hey, he wants to make plays. He's a great player. He's a good friend. Hey, I got no issues with him getting upset and the like. Well, Sirianni thought of enough of it to jump in. A couple of his teammates were asked about it after the game, and they they kept it in-house pretty well. But the one guy we didn't hear from was A.J., and he was not available after last night's game. Is this just passion in the moment, or is this something that could become a bigger issue, Scott Grace? You know, I, I, I knew you were going to ask me about that, uh, so I'm surprised you guys hadn't broached it until now. I had not. Um, we waited, waited an hour for I wasn't going to let the show go by without well, touching No, I asked but... Tomo about it. I asked <laughs> Tomo about it, but we didn't get it. Now, here we are with you. So, yeah. My take on it is, is this. You're right. A.J. Brown was noticeably absent from the locker room while we were in there after the game. Uh, here's where I go with it. Players were asked about it. Devonte Smith, who you clearly see was in the neighborhood while this was happening, said he didn't remember it. Uh, Dallas Goddard said he didn't know about it. I don't find uh, I don't I find it hard to believe you don't know something like that is going on. So Nick yes, was snippy point, about it, Scott. Uh, Nick was very snippy about it. He was yeah he was not happy with it. So they kept it in house. You're right, Jody. I think that's a good way to put it. The one player that I took the most from again, I'm going back to my guy Kelsey. Who, who did talk about it. He said, look, you got guys who want to make plays. And I have no problem with that. It ends up being healthy to get it out there. Prefer to get it out behind closed doors. And I think AJ's got to be a better veteran in that way. But something like this happened last year, and we never heard anything more about it again. Mm -hmm. It kind of got resolved. And I have kind of am taking the same approach here where I'm saying – is this something where you see like a little yellow warning light going off for me? A little bit, yeah. It's not a red alert. It's not a panic button. It's not a, uh oh, look at this. It's not a TO who's going to start doing sit ups in his driveway. It's to me, it's that they're working through it. It got a little bit out in the public. I got to believe things will be done behind the scenes to work through it, like last year, and that I don't expect this to really linger and become something. Um, you know, that turns bigger down the road. I think you see a guy who wants to make plays. He he is frustrated because he's not getting the chance to make the plays he wants. Shortly after that, they went to him twice. One touchdown called back because of Rashad Penny. The other one he probably would have had if he wasn't interfered with, which no flag was thrown. Yeah. So yeah. further adding to his frustration, right? Yeah. I now, think well, what's amazing to me, Scott, uh, and at S Grayson Fox 29, make sure you follow Scott on X does a tremendous job with Fox 29. Um, it, for people that have watched the NFL for more than 10 minutes, big time receivers tend to want the football. Um, it is not the first time you mentioned T.O., not T.O., um, Guys want the football. So when you have a Devontae Smith, he's kind of understated as a receiver. That's the rare part. Like all the other receivers, if they don't get the ball, they're harping. Look at Stephon Diggs. Look at all the mm -hmm. stuff going on in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. um, 
why is this a surprise to people? Yeah, AJ wants the ball. That's probably a good thing for that position. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's that's ultimately why. And you look at the people who are around him, right? You have you have a guy who's so well respected already at a young age, like Jalen Hurts. You have um you know, Kelsey, you have these other veteran leaders who can pull A.J. Brown aside and say, listen, man, you're a weapon. You're going to have your games like he did last year. You will go off. It hasn't happened through two games yet. It hasn't been your turn. Just kind of wait your time, keep doing your job, and the good things will come. The rewards will happen, and we're going to keep winning. We're 2-0, and right? Ultimately, what they want is the ring. you got to believe that is the ultimate goal for even A.J. Brown. So I think there's just – like I said, I think cooler heads need to prevail. What what needed to happen should have happened behind closed doors. Shame on you, AJ, for doing that in public. But I think you see that passion, that desire. The guy wants to make plays. He wants to go out and put on a show. And any fan out there should respect that, uh, as should, I think, the players on the team. And I, I think ultimately these guys know they're not going to take it the wrong way or like it's finger pointing. Um, it just was. It, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And that's something that they got to try to avoid in the future. All right. So last one for me, and this is a combo question. I'm going to ask John a question and that will lead me into your question, Scott Grayson. And John, wink, wink, nod, nod, tongue in cheek. Uh, The Eagles haven't scheduled when they're leaving for next week yet, have they? I don't Uh, don't believe so. Probably be Sunday, though. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, but not definitely. And then the reason I say it is uh, Eagles don't give the media guys like John and Scott much notice to anything. They they like here, show up now. Uh, they don't they don't give you a whole lot. They usually give us so. a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> so so asking for next Sunday travel plans probably a little overly uh, egregious by me. Uh, so Scott Grayson, here's my question to you: What is the biggest concern for the Philadelphia Eagles next Monday going into Tampa against the Bucks? I think it's 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 they're, they're their own biggest enemy right now. So to me, uh, my biggest concern is can this offense really get into a rhythm through the air and on the ground? So far, there were big plays through the air. It's a couple plays. You take them away. They didn't move the ball that much through the air. It was all on the ground. And look, it worked. Um, but I need to see more consistent, uh, you know, more of a rhythm. I need to see that there's growth taking place. And again, part of that is in Brian Johnson. Part of that is in Jalen Hurts right now. I just don't see Jalen seeing the field as well as he did last year. So for me, I feel like they're their own biggest enemy, uh, Jody. I think, you know, I'm not so much worried about Baker Mayfield or, or the Bucks as I am. Be worried about, about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Maybe the deep guys, not Baker. Right. Yeah. I think they, the biggest things I need to see is that there aren't so many guys on the injury report by the time they do leave and that they, particularly on defense, and that I need to see, you know, this team show me something Monday night that shows offensively that they're working it both passing and on the ground. And I don't believe, again, you two guys, Eagle Beat reporters, me, just an observer from home, uh, you'll straighten me out if I'm off base on this. I don't believe the Eagles have a James Harden type player who likes to live in the club. Uh, so I was going to say maybe the biggest concern would be Mons Venus. Uh, very famous strip club down there, not yeah. far from the stadium in Tampa. Oh, no, I know what then, you're saying, Tim. Yeah, uh, Sunday, getting down there early, check into the hotel, got to get out. You got to not play until the next night. Uh, AJ a little ticked yeah. off because he didn't get the ball. Maybe I'm just talking out my ear hole, but 
Tampa's uh, Tampa's famous for that uh, type of entertainment. If that's just, your proclivity, just mentioning that going into a Monday yeah. night game, if you get down there early enough, on Harden Sunday, may be yeah. there. <laughs> just, just that's right. Get right running to James Harden at Mons Venus. <laughs> Good one, Scott Grayson. Always a pleasure. Whatever we get, John. Thank you much for doing it. We'll punch up again in a couple weeks. You got it, guys. Good to see you. Thanks, again. Scott. Fox 29's own Scott Grayson here with us on Birds 365. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We got to put a bow on this show. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Johnny Mac, we're going to wrap up on this note today. I'm going to put you to the test, okay? I know it's still 10 days away, so we're going to have Remember, I'm very tired, Johnny. All next week. (laughs) Yeah, I I know. But I got faith in you on this one. Um, Assuming he has cleared concussion protocol, which we all think is a pretty good bet, because we've now got all the way till next Monday night, so you got a lot of time to get over it. Um, That James Bradbury is cleared to play 
if Avante Maddox is out, how many plays will James Bradbury play in the slot in this upcoming game against Tampa? We've talked about it here on the show that they used them in practice in the slot, getting them ready. Yeah, like give yourself options and the like. Would he really do it during a game? Well, they may be put to the test. Game number three, Johnny Mac of Avante Maddox is out. Do you go with Goodrich, who wasn't great last night? Or do you actually say, well, we did it for a reason in practice. Let's get Bradbury into the slot. Yeah, I think there's more of a chance of it after seeing uh, uh, <laughs> Mario play. Yeah. Um, I, I I still don't think it'll be a lot, but I, you know, I did notice him in the slot at one point uh, in New England. Um, did he drop down he a player, player in the slot or two? I, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to look it up real quick. Yeah, two snaps he got in the slot against New England. Um, so I did notice it once, and it, 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 evidently it was twice. Um, now that happens every year. He plays a little bit in the slot. We're talking like 10, 15 snaps the entire, because sometimes teams are playing empty sets and you have five receivers and you just move inside because your guys in the inside. So most of the time it's just that, but he did play in the slot again, two times. I, I put the over under a 10. I think you'd see it more than normal, uh, because, I don't think Goodrich played well, and I got to rewatch the game. But on first, you know, just being there. Um, and, you know, Josh, I think, held up okay. Not great. I mean, Minnesota threw for a lot of yards, and he got beat for the big touchdown. I don't think he was great, but I think they have more confidence in Josh Job than Goodrich or Ringo or, or Ricks. So that might it might be more – I've given it more thought now than I would before. Just something to keep in mind. Or maybe the they can get days. Scott back from Pittsburgh. I think they'd like Josiah Scott back, to be honest. I I said that quasi in jest because Josiah Scott got beat up a lot last year and they already come. But if he's if if they want to if he's on the practice squad, all you gotta do is give him a fifty-three uh, man roster That's spot, true. right? That's you, true. You can pick him off the practice squad anytime you want, but you have you to can. activate him. Right well, away. Pittsburgh would have a chance, you know, to elevate him as well. So that kind of depends on. But yeah, they could sign him off the practice squad. Exactly. All right, uh, good show today, brother. No, you were running on fumes up till late wee hours. Did you? You didn't have to use that number to call to get out of the stadium. Was still no, and a lot. No, I managed to get out, but uh, I don't know if everybody got out. Who knows? There might be a situation down there. The sneaking John McMullen out of uh, the Lincoln Financial Field. All right, uh, Johnny Mac will slink in with me on Monday. Have a good weekend, brother. Mac and Mac back here on Birds Three Sixty Five in two and two days. That is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.